Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have back on the show Dr. Gary Forsman of Middle Path Medicine, middlepathmedicine.com. He's an integrative functional doctor. He's also the doctor on my book, The Paleothyroid Solution, and he's been on our show many, many times. We're going to talk about low-dose naltrexone today and autoimmunity. Uh, Welcome back to the show. Hi. It's good to be here. So, you know, low-dose naltrexone has really come into the sphere. I hear so many people talking about it, and I hear from patients that I know who say it's been the difference between getting them out of bed in the morning. So let's start with what actually, though, is low-dose naltrexone? It was developed for the use for alcoholics. Can you describe where its origins are? All right. Well, naltrexone itself, as you know, is in its normal dosage, the kind that you could find at a standard pharmacy, really was originally used for overdosing, for helping people with overdose of narcotics, since it's an anti-narcotic. And for a variety of reasons, the understanding, um, Dr. Brett Bahari, the doctor who really brought this to the forefront, was interested in helping people with HIV, looking at the role of endorphins in the body and helping with immune system function. Now, that's a very condensed view of what happened there. But eventually, after testing a few things, found that taking low-dose naltrexone, which was instead of 50 milligrams, which is the kind that you can actually still buy at the standard pharmacies of the world, um, he came up with this dosage of four and a half milligrams through a series of tests as the best way of giving a a medicine, this anti-narcotic, that causes a brief suppression of your natural endorphins and then a rebound increase in your endorphins. So its net effect was to increase endorphins in the body. And And of course, most people have heard of endorphins, the runner's high and things like that. But this increase in endorphins has a significant effect on immune system function, programmed cell death, a whole variety of things that made it um, for its original rule, which was to treat uh, people with chronic infectious disease. And that's still how it's being used. But think of it as an immunomodulator, because, you know, we've talked about this before, how People in the Western world especially think of immunosuppressants, meaning suppressing your immune system, or immunostimulants, um, things that stimulate your immune system. And what we were, tr- I think one of the key concepts to get across to people is it's an immunomodulator, which is, I know, more difficult to say for people, but it ca- takes away some of the fear for doctors because it's one of those few things that you can use to say, hey, this helps treat chronic infectious disease and it can help autoimmunity at the same time, which sounds kind of contradictory, right? One And one phase, it's an immune booster, and another phase, it's an immune suppressor because it's really helping your immune system regulate itself. That is fascinating. So at what yeah. point, um, it's people's, well, I don't necessarily know a historical perspective, but People with autoimmune disorders that have antibodies that are reflective of that, this seems to mm-hmm. come in handy, like with Hashimoto's, et cetera. Can you tell us a little bit of a layman's slash scientific way of explaining how taking low-dose naltrexone at night for someone like who has high Hashimoto's antibodies and can't seem to get them down you know, with diet and, and everything else they're trying, how does it actually, what's the mechanism by which that you know, does it? Wow. Okay. So putting that into layman's terms. So um, let's cover another thing. So because I think, you know, and we have uh, you know done some videos on this, there is a book out there called the LDN book that really helps people understand this as well. Okay. And so there are two 
two components to this low-dose naltrexone. There is one component where it's helping with this endorphin system, another component where it acts as an anti-inflammatory. Both are probably important, okay? So that goes into another realm of talking about low-dose naltrexone. But this goes into the role. I think everybody understands the opiate crisis that's out there, though, you know, from suicide rates to overdoses and everything else that's occurring with the opiates. So one of the things I've known for a long time in my career is that chronic opiate use is a profound suppressor of pituitary function. And so because the endorphin system plays a great role in your body's master gland, if you will, they call it the, the pituitary. So when you completely suppress your body's ability to make endorphins, which is what taking chronic opiates to do, you have this profound effect on from the adrenal function to all, you know, this whole bevy of things involved in your endocrine system now. And if you've talked to, you know, anybody who's heard our podcast before and know this great Western way of saying the web that has no weaver, psychoneuroendocrine immunology. So the idea that your immune system is separate from your endocrine or separate from your neurosystem is just an artifice of, of our current science. And so what that means is when you screw up the endocrine system, back to the layman's term, <laughs> um, when you screw up the endocrine system, you always affect the ability of the immune system to appropriately respond to insults. So in this large you know, realm of autoimmunity out there, people, why does your immune system attack itself? And the answer is it gets insulted by some um, external antigen, uh, meaning protein, everybody. Um, and for some reason, it acts enough so that it doesn't just respond negatively to the external protein antigen, um, and it starts attacking you. Your endocrine system has a huge role in modulating the effect of how your body turns on and off the immune system, this immunomodulation thing. And so, so in terms of which one of the hormonal systems, whether it's probably especially related to adrenal function, your fight or flight system. Um, it has a, a variety of roles of affecting how your immune system chooses to respond to things because you're in the end, your immune system is like a circulating neurological system. That's the best understanding of it. And if it's a balanced endocrine system, and I know this is somewhat simplistic, but it's really actually what's happening. Um, if you have a balanced endocrine system, it's sort of like being Zen that day and you do not have to react to things in such a way that you hurt yourself. And that's most of the time when your body reacts with anger, just like when we react with anger, we're hurting ourselves more than we're hurting whoever we think we're angry at. Um, and so balancing this endocrine function, especially at the pituitary, is a profound way of balancing how your immune system chooses to respond to the quote unquote insults of the world. And so uh, that leads to... I mean, a variety of things. The, the, this program cell death mechanism of endorphins. So when you have the ability to make endorphins, you can start pruning off the cells that are over responding to the immune system. That's a, the best way of thinking of this is you're, you're, you have a group of cells, a rogue clone, if you will, of your immune system that is making, um, helping making antibodies versus certain tissues within your own body. And if you're able to just, your immune system is able to regulate itself, which it can with better levels of endorphins, what will happen that affects the endocrine systems, et cetera, um, you eventually just decide to stop being autoimmune because you're no longer responding to the triggers of the world in the same way because you see that you don't need to. Um, 
The other side of things, of course, is taking away the triggers. That's the answer in, in celiac disease, right? Celiac is the only autoimmune disease which we understand. Um, you have an external antigen called gluten. That gluten goes into your body. You don't just attack gluten, you attack yourself. Um, and what happens when you take away the gluten is you stop attacking gluten, but more importantly, you stop attacking yourself. So in the world of autoimmunity, the key for everybody to stand, everybody out there listening with any autoimmune disease, there is no question you can cure your autoimmune disease as compared to suppressing it by helping your body understand either eliminating the trigger and or changing how your body responds to it. The low-dose naltrexone component is to help change how your body responds to these triggers in your environment. Excellent. Can you, we can get into a few of them, but because uh, I want to talk about sort of before and afters or, you know, success stories where people like what the difference is in patients and how they felt and what it's done for them. But can you rattle off a few uses of, you know, d- diseases, issues that low-dose naltrexone is positive for? We know Hashimoto's, uh, and then can you rattle off a few others? Is there anything other than Hashimoto's? Okay, that's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, I, as a doctor, grew up with LDN in the cancer world. So, you know, I do a lot of this integrative oncology and you um, and as as and just very briefly, uh, most people understand solid tumors with age. It isn't just about explosive growth. It's about the, you know, cancer cells die too little. They don't grow too fast. They die too little. Helping your body with these endorphin related um, recognition of this thing called program cell death um, as a, one of the most profound ways of helping with this. And it's not a treatment in and of itself. It's just one thing to add to you that the things you use to treat cancer. But for me, the most profound use for low-dose naltrexone is in our cancer patients in terms of getting their immune system to recognize and eliminate cancer cells and or just turn on the program cell death thing. So, so integrative oncology is where I grew up with low-dose naltrexone. From there, I went on into the pain-related conditions. So, so if you look for double-blind trials, there's just a very few. One related to fibromyalgia, and everybody knows fibromyalgia is a chronic pain disorder due to your body upregulating um, its responsiveness to the environment. So fibromyalgia is a very real thing, but it's another case of your body responding excessively to normal signals within the body. So helping your your body with the processing of pain information, that's one thing that low-dose naltrexone can have. So fibromyalgia is one of the better success stories that I have in my practice in terms of helping people with that condition. It can help people with any of those overlap syndromes, by the way, the overlap syndrome being fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, irritable bowel syndrome, um, insomnia syndromes, interstitial cystitis syndromes, multiple chemical sensitivities. So that's another huge field. And of course, where it was originally started, which is in the people with chronic infectious disease, um, there's not much HIV in my practice, so I can't tell you much experience with that. But she's, you know, when we're using it for people who have um, any of the, especially the the chronic Lyme's, the, uh, the chronic Epstein-Barr infections, et cetera, it can be a very useful tool for them as well, too. It's not a panacea. Not everybody works on. Um, the other caveat for people is, even though I grew up just just uh, giving it uh, to people at nighttime, for the people who it does disturb their sleep, which they, they are out there, um, you can dose it in the morning as well. Um, so that if you don't tolerate it at night because it affects your sleep, 
by the way, everybody, it usually helps sleep patterns, not hurts sleep patterns. But if it does have a problem, you can always decrease the dosage, taper it up. It's, it's wise to get a doctor who knows how to prescribe this and working with a compounding pharmacy that they trust, et cetera, um, uh, in terms of helping people get on this medicine. Because by the way, folks, it is a medicine, very rarely covered by your insurance, but usually on the order of uh, a buck to a buck and a half a pill at most pharmacies, uh, depending on how how much your local pharmacy, your local compounding pharmacy is used to dealing with it. Uh, so uh, in the world of, of medical treatments, that's not considered very expensive. Yeah, I talked to a friend who had like a 90-day supply for 90 bucks. So that is, like you said, about a, about a, a buck a About pill. a buck pill. Yeah. What right. about for rheumatoid arthritis? Is this applicable? Right. So in, you know, and so the, in the autoimmune disease world, yeah, sorry, I was kind of throwing in, obviously Hashimoto's is one autoimmune disease people, and yes, you use it in other autoimmune diseases as well. Um, rheumatoid arthritis, if you have relatively mild cases, so I'll give you my, this is my anecdotal experience, people, and somebody's used low-dose naltrexone for many years, over 10, 15, something like that. Um, you know, so rheumatoid arthritis in milder cases, it seems to be profoundly beneficial and people with more severe cases, it doesn't seem to do anything. <laughs> Sorry. So you're um, saying meaning like if you have rheumatoid arthritis antibodies that are somewhat low? Well, yes, exactly. That might be and helpful. Low, cl- okay. low clinical activity, low levels of antibodies, but as people get high levels of both the, the rheumatoid factor and especially the other one that should be measured called the CCP antibody, um, people especially with high levels of CCP antibody, they don't respond much to low-dose naltrexone. They need more powerful therapies, unfortunately. Um, but it's a worthwhile thing to try for everybody, and it can help modulate things a little bit. There's no reason not to use it. But uh, I've just found in, in more severe cases of rheumatoid arthritis, um, more joint involvement, et cetera, um, usually needed to, sh- at least for a while, use medicines as well as the low-dose naltrexone and hopefully use low-dose naltrexone in the future as a kind of more of a maintenance therapy as compared to what they call an inductive therapy, something to get them out of a flare-up. Is something that is, is LDN something that someone could stay on for life? Is this something that has a limit to it or has to cycle it? Or is this something where people actually might need to be on it for a very long time? Um, as you know, there's, you know, we've talked about so many things where some people, you have a whole group that speak on one side of a subject and another, another side of the subject. That's why I'm here. I'm the middle path guy. Um, and so people will tell you that you can be on it for life, which is, I think, true, by the way. Um, but th- that it's almost so important that you, everybody should be on it, especially if they're over 50. We all need more endorphins. Who wouldn't want more endorphins? <laughs> um, you know, when you say it like that, it's like, hey, I, I love endorphins as much as the next person. Um, but there's lots of ways of boosting your own endorphin production, by the way, people, which is, you know, music and sex and drugs and rock and roll. Um, not drugs. Sorry about that. Um, you know, you can't even joke about anything these days. Um, you know, so, uh, but there's lots of things that can help you boost your endorphins. So no, I don't think everybody should be on it just because you're over 50, of course. Um, but if somebody has a chronic condition, I, I definitely have people, for instance, with Hashimoto's, they can't, as soon as they start to taper their, their LDN, their antibodies go back up again. Um, so when it's effective, uh, I have found that, yeah, you know, unfortunately, too many people too as well. They this this medical model where they're taking the medicine, and I think they and they're doing well. They start to cheat more, you know. Um, right. <laughs> um, you yeah. know, and so, oh, well, I've got low-dose naltrexone. Of course I can have a bagel or something, you know, and, you know, and it doesn't quite work that way. Uh, you know, so, uh, so for everybody out there, it can be on. Yes, it's a very safe uh, medicine because really in the end is a natural 
um, endorphin booster. It, that's what in the what it, what it ends up doing is being a, an endorphin booster. It's obviously still a medicine, folks, um, and it is an anti-inflammatory. But it's safer than anti-inflammatory drugs, and it's safer than most of the other immunomod things that we call immunomodulators out there as far as helping their immune systems. And so, um, so really, immunomodulator instead of what I said, immune boosting. But um, you know, so yes, you can stay on it forever if you need to. I want to ask about some patients who've gone on it and have felt success from it. What are the things that you hear from them in terms of symptoms that have dissipated or lightened because of the low-dose naltrexone? Like what comes out of patients' mouth about, about their experience? You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, and it, when you have some early experiences, so I once, I think I probably told you about this, I once had a patient who had extensive metastatic cancer, and for some reason I was only allowed to give her like one thing, and I chose low-dose naltrexone, and instantaneously her metastatic bone pain, when I say instantaneously, the next day her pain went away, um, and later on when we showed she only let me do one other scan. It, the cancer was like 90% gone. And the only thing we gave her was low-dose naltrexone, and this cancer doesn't go away like that. So when you have experiences like that, you go, whoa. Now, of course, I've had patients who've had low-dose naltrexone, and it didn't make any difference in the outcome of their cancer as well. But when you hit, when it hits well on a certain uh, tumor type, it can be profound. The next thing you'd say is most exciting is the people with fibromyalgia. They're not quite as instantaneously, but you know, week by week, they'll go, you know, I think I might feel a little bit better, but they're almost if you've had chronic pain people it's it just it's one of those things where it's you almost don't trust it am i really feeling better is it a placebo right. and then over a course of time that you start to realize wow i definitely am better when it comes to this stuff and i, I do and it can help just you know even as somebody with fibro if you help them 50 percent, that's a profound thing okay but as you know, if you have a lot of pain and you're 50% better after a while at that 50% reduction, it feels like it's not doing anything anymore because you still hurt, you know? And so, so, but yes, for the people with fibro who really respond, they love it. Even most of the people who partially respond, they do recognize its value. Um, and so, so, and then the, at, in my experience, of course, most of my patients with the chronic infections, you know, from the Lyme's disease to the Epstein-Barr's to the rest of those, um, they notice some improvement in how they feel. They're sleeping better, better energy, less pain, but it's just a part of their therapeutic armamentarium, if you will. So yes, there's a lot of successes. And of course, like everybody else out there, the reason for me to be balanced about this, Ella, is some, everything that comes out, people make it, you know, if you don't respond to it, it seems like you're the first person in the history of the universe that doesn't respond to it. And and now you feel guilty because everybody else responds and this should have been worked on me. So it's a very <laughs> worthwhile thing for people to try. Um, and like I said, if they don't, they can't, they feel like it hurts their sleep pattern, they can take it during the daytime. Um, uh, it's, and for most of my patients, I say, listen, you know, do, stay on it for three months unless you're having some side effect that you don't like um, and stay on it for the three months. And most of the times they'll have a pretty good assessment of whether it's working or not. And by the way, when we say that, especially in our fiber patients, even in the chronic infections and other things, you don't have a set value that it's working on. So like an autoantibody. So when in Hashi's, if we're measuring TPO and thyroglobulin antibodies, you know, you can see the drops in it. Heck, by the way, I, this is another caveat. Um, you know, I've had patients where, oh, you know, three months later, I check their antibodies. I go, your antibodies aren't any better. And they go, well, I feel so much better. And I go, then you should stay on it, you know. And um, <laughs> so sometimes it helps even though the antibodies are coming down. 
Sometimes the antibodies are coming down and the person feels worse. That's life. Um, <laughs> you know, so in both those scenarios, I usually, if, yeah, I would usually keep them on it unless they really thought that that was low dose naltrexone. But, but the LDN has been a great kind of addition to um, almost any doctor out there in the world treats people with those overlap syndromes or they pe treat people with autoimmunity or they treat people with cancer. Um, so, um, you know, so, so it's such a useful tool because it works with these basic mechanisms, whether it's endorphin boosting and it's profound effects on the endocrine and immune systems or the anti-inflammatory component, which by the way, may be the biggest reason it helps with the fibro patients. And so, um, so it's such a great tool. There's no reason not to, for your doctor to experiment with it. It just becomes comfortable using compound pharmacy. So for some reason, uh, another caveat for everybody out there is some doctors refuse to use compounding pharmacies because they heard they're, they're bad and bad things happen from them. That's part of the pharmaceutical industry uh, indoctrinating your physician to not use their brain. Um, and so, uh, so some doctors have fallen for that. Uh, so, so, but it's definitely worth trying. Can you now? I've heard some people who said that it, it uh, four point five initially, even though that's kind of like the low start, that they got some headaches from it and had to build up to it. Is that is that also saying to some people need to start a little lower and build up? Have you heard that, or is most people do well on four point five? Yeah, absolutely. I, I go gung ho on my cancer patients, especially if I don't have much time to treat them. I said, listen, even sure. if you have side effects, four and a half, go for it. You really need to do this. And those people, see, you know, obviously are more motivated and they're, they they seem to push through better than the the, the patients with the overlap syndromes. Where the people with the the people who have the most sensitivities tend to be not too surprisingly the fibro patients, insomnia, chronic fatigue. So when you're using in that setting, I usually will even try to start at one or one and a half milligrams um, because once something becomes more popular. So this is another thing. I've been using low-dose naltrexone when it wasn't popular, when there wasn't any blog sites for people to go on to hear how horrible it was. Right. Everybody did fine with it. I, I mean, like not a single person. You started everybody at four and a half and everybody was fine because nobody could go on the internet and find out that they could get side effects. Now that there's blog sites saying you're supposed to do this, you almost have to do it because somebody goes onto some Google site and says, oh my gosh, why did you start me on four and a half? I was going to explode if you do that. And... <laughs> And, and seriously, 10 years ago, you started everybody on four and a half and they didn't know any better and everybody did fine with it. So it's a funny thing being a doctor. So you have to kind of go with where people are at. So honestly, I know most of the people with those overlap syndromes are always on the internet. They almost always check for these side effect profiles. So I almost always start them at the one and a half, say do one and a half milligrams nightly for a month and then do three milligrams nightly for a month. Whereas 10 years ago, I didn't used to do that. Um, but it seems to work better and it seems, and it gives, gives the idea to the patient that the doctor is paying attention and um, sorry, everybody, but that's, that's the way it works is, you, it, you know, I don't think they have to start at one and a half, but if they think they have to, that's what you do as a doctor, uh, at least hopefully. Right. Well, it's the same thing with thyroid medications. Sometimes people are like very scared about going on a quote hormone or medication and they want to start at a lower starting dose. I'm like, hey, you know, then that's fine. You do that for a few days. Like you said, you just do that because that's what makes everyone comfortable. That's what makes everybody more comfortable and especially with that wacky pork thyroid, you know. Um, <laughs> you're trying to give me the, yes, I am trying to give you wacky pork thyroid. Sorry, folks. That's like the nature thyroids of the world. Um, and yeah, and I know for your, the, our audience, that's not going to sound so wacky, but you know, the people for some reason here that they can't take that, as you know, there's a, a quite a counterculture that's developed because it, it and, you know, the supplies of nature throid especially have been very difficult to come by for people. Um, and so, so when you, when you find, and this kind of does 
go back to our conversation, people, where, um, you know, whenever something becomes more popular, I think a, a whole field, a morphogenetic field stealing from Rupert Sheldrake becomes around it that that is past what the actual substance does. The low-dose notrexone that we've been talking about is a very good natural endorphin booster. It's extraordinarily well-tolerated. Um, it, all it does is work as an anti-inflammatory and um, as an endorphin booster, which for all of our patients with those conditions really is profoundly well-tolerated. However, if you consider yourself a sensitive person, start it at the low dosage, build it up uh, to that, um, that higher dosage. By the way, I have a series of patients, especially with fibro. The highest I go on low-dose naltrexone is nine milligrams a day. It's so like four and a half milligrams twice a day. And in those people who have incremental benefits in pain levels, okay, so this is primarily in the overlap syndrome people, they actually do best with the highest dosages, which is the uh, part of the concern I have in the conversation, which is... When you start at these little dosages and people are just so nervous about side effects, which they really shouldn't be getting, that that group of people actually tends to do the best with a higher dosage in terms of pain relief. Um, and getting them there is so difficult when you start at such micro dosages. And so obviously when I say go to four and a half milligrams twice a day is only if people have incremental benefits and especially in pain. That's the main thing. Pain and energy are the main reasons that you increase the dosage further. Obviously, you don't go much past that because you're losing the L in the low-dose naltrexone, <laughs> you know, right. like, at some point it's just going to be called naltrexone because it's no longer L. Um, and so that's L is in low-dose people, not our, our beloved L. Um, and so, <laughs> um, and so, uh, so anyway, so the, it's such a good, uh, uh medicine to try. Um, you just have to find a, usually a functional medicine physician who's willing to work with compounding pharmacies, which hopefully there's a, more and more out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to mention to the audience that on Dr. Forsman's Instagram, Middle Path Medicine is the handle, he, in his IGTV videos, has several videos on low-dose naltrexone. So if you want even more information there or you want to see and, and hear him talk about it, you can go to the Instagram page and look at some of those uh, uh, IGTV videos. What else would we like to leave our audience with about low-dose naltrexone? Mm, I see. We've covered a good amount. Um, it's such a, uh, it's the main thing for everybody. It's a very useful tool. It's just a tool like anything else. It does not replace lifestyle medicine. So you, as you know, when you're treating something, we start with lifestyle first, paleo nutrition, you know, and again, sometimes going to the autoimmune protocol, sometimes to keto. So nutrition plays a huge role. Our exercise, our meditative practices. So when I say that, you, the better we do with our meditative practices, bringing us to a level where we see the world more clearly so we don't have to respond to it in such a way, that to me is one of the most important things. If you're feeling well enough, that's the hope is you go on the low dose naltrexone, you feel better. Therefore, you have even more time for your lifestyle medicine practices. And yes, eventually the medicine can go away. That's the hope, of course. OK, um, but make sure when you go on a medicine and you feel better that it it actually activates you doing more lifestyle medicine, not less lifestyle medicine. That would probably be my biggest key. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. And I'll see everyone next week. Thank you. 
Hey everyone, join us for Keto Reset Month. This is a month of free email content, plus amazing offers, giveaways, and a huge grand prize to help you kickstart or recommit to keto. You can go to primalkitchen.com forward slash keto reset. And here's what you'll get when you subscribe. You'll get an incredible offer to buy a Primal Kitchen Advanced Keto Kit and get the Keto Reset Mastery Course for free, which is $147 value, a month of free exclusive email content from Mark Sisson, free keto learning materials such as ebooks, food lists, recipes, meal plans, and more, and additional offers and recipes from Primal Kitchen, Mark's Daily Apple. So go to primalkitchen.com forward slash keto reset and join us.